we thank you right now for the opportunity to share your word tonight. As we prepare to partake and eat this meal that you've put before us, open the hearts of every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're in the building or they're watching online. Thank you for changing lives tonight. Give them a heart to receive. Allow me to communicate what thus saith the Lord. Allow me to decrease and you increase in me and share what you want the people to hear tonight. Allow us to leave tonight better than we came in. Challenged and encouraged and strengthened. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anybody excited to be here tonight? You know, I was sitting on the front row, and let me just be honest. Sometimes when you, got, you get ready to speak, sometimes you get a little nervous. You start saying, like, oh, goodness, I'm about to do this thing. And then you pause for a minute and you say, it's not up to me. And I took this, like, deep inhale and this slow exhale. And I felt this peace just come over me like, yep, I don't have to do anything. It's all on God. Here's what I want you to understand is I prepared as much as I could, but God is the one that will say whatever he needs to say tonight. So here's what I want you to do. Before I even get started, I want you to like pull your spiritual fork and spoon out, put the napkin up, and just get ready to eat. Because what's about to come out is what God wanted you to hear. So thank y'all for being here tonight. And uh, nudge somebody and say, ah, sookie, sookie now. (laughs) What you say? So my name is Derek Boga. For those who don't know us, my wife and I get to lead discipleship directors. That's, that's our role here at the church, and we're honored to do so. I lead brave men here at a church. My wife and I oversee the small groups here and also um, the discipleship team. And here tonight, I'm kicking off a series for our discipleship series. Every fourth Wednesday of the month, the entire year, we will talk about this topic I'm about to bring up tonight. The theme that Pastor came up with this year is reaching with great expectation. And I'm going to tag it a little different where we're becoming contagious Christians. Let me say it again. Reaching with great expectation, but us, how we become contagious as Christians. Contagious. Contagious. Now, before you start yarning and thinking, I don't need that. Let me get bored with this. I promise you, hang in. When Pastor first talked about reaching, I thought it was pretty cool because it aligned to our vision. If you're new to Harvest, you understand that here our mission for the church is to love God, love people, and to live with purpose. Very simple. Love God, love people, and live with purpose. But the vision, how do we do that, is to reach, connect, grow, and serve. When we say reach, it's reaching out into our world, inviting people. When we say connect, it is Never, we were never meant or designed to do life alone. So it's to connect and plug in with teammates and say, hey, how do I do this walk together? When we say grow, it's growing to our full potential. You are growing tonight because you decided to come out on a Wednesday night. You could have been doing anything else, but you said, I'll be here to listen to this little bald-headed man (laughs) share some words tonight. So as you do that, you're sitting there and you're eating and you're growing in your faith. The last one was serving. Serving your way to your destiny. So as we talk about reaching with great expectation, Pastor challenges us this year to really go into that. And ultimately, let me just be honest about me. Here's a real, real testimony. I'm going to be vulnerable and open. Pastor started saying, this year I want you guys to invite people more. I want you to tap people on the shoulder and just, and, you know, we should be contagious. And this is what we're talking about tonight, contagious as Christians. And I started thinking about, like, how I witness to people. 
generally, if you know me, I, like I, I love people. I'm an extrovert, I would say. I, I, I engage well, but I don't tap people on the shoulder and talk about Jesus. The way I do it, I, I like to live my life and allow others to see me. And a lot of times they'll say, it's something different about that guy. And as they ask more questions, I can kind of plug, hey, it's, it's Jesus. Like, I know him. That's usually my testimony. And occasionally when I'm able to share the word and, you know, I give an altar appeal at the end and lives come to Christ, I'm like, God, I did my part. You know, some of that. But pastor's been challenging us to reach. I thought it was going to be pretty simple. Let me be honest. It wasn't that easy for me. So we started sitting in staff meetings at the first of the year. We have weekly staff meetings and pastors like, all right, let's go around the table. Who did you reach this week? And one by one, we started chiming in on who we reaching. The pastor would have like five or six people. Oh, he was here and he greeted somebody. He was here and he did something. I was like, good gracious. Pastor is a magnet. But let me pause for a minute. I'm being very honest. Some might look at me and say it's easy to do and it wasn't. So maybe you're sitting out there today and you're like, I don't know if I could just encourage people to come to church. So I was preparing for one of our staff meetings and I was like, man, I hadn't done it this week and I know he's going to ask me. And I will not lie. So I was on my way to work and I stopped by a gas station. And I was like, Lord, I'm going to put some cars in my pocket. Whatever you want to do, do it. So I got out all reluctant and I got to the uh, the, the, to the, the cashier, and I said, how you doing today, ma'am? She says, I'm good. She didn't lift her head up. I'm good. And she just said, um, uh, what you need? I said, here's a scan my sheets card and slip my money in. I said, I have $60 on pump four. And, and I said, you want to ask you, do you have a nice church home? Is there a church that you're a part of? And she said, church. And she lifted her head up. And we made eye contact for the first time. And her eyes started to water. And she said, I've been looking for somewhere. I've been needing something. And I said, I think I got the perfect place for you. Even if you choose not to go here, I'm going to just tell you, it's changing my life. Let me just invite you to just be encouraged to come. Take this car. On the name, back of it, I put my name on it. I love to just ask for my name when you get here. I love to introduce you to my wife. And we really get connected through what we're doing at our ministry. I remember almost skipping back to my car. (laughs) Like, yeah, boy, I did it. And then I noticed that it got a little bit easier. The reason I'm saying all this tonight is because I want you to realize that you might be sitting here and you'd be like, that's not my role. Pastor's talking about reaching with great expectation, but I'm comfortable where I'm at. Could some of us admit that that's what's wrong with some of us as Christians? We're comfortable. Do you notice that the world is doing more and more worldly things? The world is unashamed of what they're doing. But why is it us as believers tend to sit back and just let things happen? Now, I'm not here to throw shade on anybody or anything. But what I am saying is I'm human just like you. But I took that step of faith. And from that point on, I started digging in a little deeper. I'm waiting on pastor to ask me, who, who's next? Who, who else should say? I'm like, oh, yeah. So last was uh, two weeks ago, I had two HVAC guys coming by the house to check on our HVAC unit, just servicing it, quarterly maintenance. And before they left, I invited them both. Invited another guy to a brave meeting. Like random people that I'm running to, there's a heart now to do more than I used to do. 
Now, maybe they'll never sow, but remember what Pastor said, we're reaching with what? Great expectation. I'm expecting the harvest to happen. If I sit still and do nothing, then nothing can happen. But I'm going to do my part. Uh, let me back up a little bit. I remember being a couple, I think it was a couple months ago, my kids had a doctor's appointment. And I sat in the doctor's office and I watched random people. I'm a people watcher. Anybody just like watching people? You ever sit in Walmart parking lot, drop my wife off, she'll run in the store real quick, and I just sit in the car and watch people? People crazy. People do weird things. And I just sit there, and I'm a watcher. I just watch people. But in the hospital that day, I saw people squeezing sanitizer every time they touch something. I saw people grabbing their shirt and grabbing the door handle because they didn't want to touch it. And they open the door, and they slide through it. Doctors coming out saying, well, nurses or whatever, hey, next person, and you see them squeeze their hand again. Why were they doing that? They don't want to catch something. Yeah, think back to, stick with me. I think back to when I was a kid, and my mom used to say, uh, don't go outside without a coat on. I say, catch a cold. Y'all heard that before, too? That ain't true. That ain't true. <laughs> they say it's the germs that cause the cold, not the weather. But here's the point. Especially my grandma. Put that toboggan on. Grandma, it's 70 degrees. Put a toboggan on. <laughs> I'm sweating, Grandma. Stop it. But the point was, cover yourself up. Don't just go out there in that cold. We can't do that. But I remember, when you catch a cold, it was easy to pass it. I was doing research on how contagious some of these things could be. They said the biggest way it travels is when you sneeze or cough onto someone else. You know, a lot of people don't know how to cover their mouths anymore. You know, they say, use your elbow, you know, cover it, cough into it. Remember chicken pots? I was talking to my buddy this week. He was saying uh, one of his family members, a cousin or somebody got the chicken pots, and I think the aunt or the mom said, hey, come on over here. I want all y'all to get it at the same time. <laughs> think about this for a minute. Come over here to catch the disease. But the whole thing is once you do it, you, you got it, right? You're supposed to be done, so, you know, y'all always hanging out. Come on over here. I get it. Mama was trying to be proactive. She said she's going to make that thing work. What about poison ivy? Yeah, you ever find yourself in the woods and you start scratching? Well, it's not actually the rash that causes uh, the next person to get it. I didn't know that. It's the plant oil that's in it. So a lot of times they say it gets in your, under your fingernails, and then you scratch somewhere else on your body, and then it travels there. Or if it, yep, you touch your face, whatever you touch. If... The rash is not itself not contagious, but it's the plant oil that's with it. So if it's on your clothes, your shoes, or your fingernails, and you pass it, that's where it transmits. Not the rash itself. Contagiousness. Contagiousness. What about this last thing we faced the last two, three years? Uh, coronavirus? Yeah. Changed the whole world. All over the country. There's people in here wearing masks or something not, but get, get the point. There's things that we find contagious. Here we go. What if what you had, you wanted people to catch? Yeah. What if I said I got something that I want everybody to get? If I was a millionaire and I said every time somebody touched me, they get $1,000, people would be all over me. If I had a cure for AIDS, AIDS people would want to be around me to be healed. What if I told you walking around with somebody today, what you say, that can fix anything you, you're dealing with, that can heal any disease you have, 
that can get you past whatever it is you're facing. Here's the reality. If you're taking notes, it's a good place to start. Every one of us are carriers. Everybody's carrying something tonight. But is what you have worth catching? What you say? All of us, we're carrying something. Is what you have worth catching? Hmm. If you don't believe it's true, think about, I don't know, your spouse. Your wife ever come in in a bad mood? Husband come in the door, slamming the door mad? It's like, what's wrong with you? The whole atmosphere in the house changes. Even the dog is looking around the corner like, oh, I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> don't nobody want to be around that. It's contagious. You ever been around gossiping people? Next thing you know, somebody else is gossiping. It's who you hang around. It's what's happening. Contagiousness. Tonight, I'm challenging you to be contagious for Christ. What if I was contagious as a Christian? That everybody I saw caught what I had. Everybody that was in my presence jumped off and said, I want what he's got. I'm going to be honest, that's kind of what I try to do. That's me. You know it's harder to preach a sermon, I mean live a sermon and preach one. Yeah, I may ask you to come up. You may get nervous and say, oh my goodness, I got to stand in front of these people and share something. It might be a little difficult, but at the end of it, that 30 minutes is over. But going to live out what you just preached, that's where the real challenge is. You know, I can tell you hope is what you need. God is good. He's faithful. He's a healer until I have the ailment, until I'm facing what I just told you to stand on. Life is different when you're living the very sermon you speak. I dare say that's why I'm doing this thing. To keep my faith. I think God said, you need to do something because you might get loose if you don't. He challenges me to stay in my word, to stay focused for what I need to do. Contagious. Well, what is contagious? What does it mean to be contagious? To be contagious is the spread of something, whether it's an emotion, a feeling, an attitude, or disease from one person or organism to another by direct or indirect contact. Let me say it again. To be contagious is the spread of something, whether it's a disease or an emotion, from one person or an organism to another, whether it's through direct or indirect contact. You know, like you can have a contagious virus. (laughs) You could also, you know, laughter can be contagious. Somebody's laughing, you laugh with them. My firemen, my friends will know this one. Uh, throwing up can be contagious too. You ever see somebody throw up in front of you and you start gagging? you like, oh, y'all, y'all didn't do that? You ever see somebody gagging, you back up, you're about to, oh, that's nasty. Yeah, they know. I, I will back up out the way in a heartbeat. I'm going to be over here, y'all handle that. Throw up ain't my friend. But here it is, contagiousness. What are we doing? Remember. All of us are carrying something. Is what you're carrying 
worth catching. Yep. So tonight, I want to simply set the stage. Again, this is a discipleship series that will continue on the fourth Wednesday of the month. But tonight, the three points I want to talk about is what keeps us from becoming contagious Christians? I want to tackle that. Secondly, what's, why should we become contagious? Like, what's the reason? And thirdly, how do we become contagious? So let me hit the first point. What keeps us from, from becoming contagious? Here's one of the biggest reasons right here. Fear. Fear of what? Well, let me just, fear of rejection. Like, like if, if I put myself out there, somebody might say no. I walked up to that cashier like, what if she doesn't want to hear me? Like, nobody likes rejection. I don't care who you are. Nobody likes it. We don't want to be rejected by our wife or our spouse, our husband. We don't want to be rejected by an ATM card. <laughs> Ain't no money in there. What a, yeah. Nobody likes rejection, no matter what it is. To hear the word no, you're denied, is just not fun. Another reason is uh, feeling like I'm not good enough. How can I reach and be contagious when I myself have not gotten it all together? Like, I'm not ready. You know, because somebody's out there now, and they're like, they, they're, I'm still, like, I'm still trying to figure this Christ walk out. Like, how can I reach other people when myself, I'm saying, am I good enough? Like, I still have struggles. I still have issues that I'm facing, but you're saying reach out to other people. Um, you don't have to be a perfect Christian. Like, you don't have to be a professional athlete. <laughs> I played golf with a buddy of mine. He's trying to give me all these tips on how, you know, this is the right form, do this, do that. Yeah, he's slicing and hooking everywhere. <laughs> Think about it. You got friends that say, oh, man, that jump shot's kind of off. You know, tuck the elbow in, spread the fingers, follow through. You know, I do that with my son. I'm not a professional athlete. You take the skill you have and you give back what you can. But why is it as Christians we say, until I'm perfect, until I have it all together, I'm not going to say anything. As an educator, if you're a high schooler, couldn't you tutor a middle schooler? Because I've passed that part. Like, I'm not a college graduate yet. College graduate could help out a high schooler. You see what I'm saying? Why can't we grow as Christians together? I haven't arrived, but can you walk alongside me as I grow? Like, I'm human. I make mistakes. I don't have it all together, but let's do this thing together. I really think I'm challenging some people tonight. I see head nods, people getting it together. Some people don't feel qualified. They don't feel like they have enough in them. Yeah, I still mess up. I do that. But others just lack a heart for the lost. We live right here close. Uh, the church is centered kind of in the middle of, like, let's say, Charlotte. Charlotte goes this way. If we're jumping off the highway and someone's leaving here and they're like, oh, I'll see you later, I'm going to Charlotte. And they jump on 85 North. Uh, brother, that's wrong. You've got to go south to get to Charlotte. I would stop them and tell them, don't waste an hour going the wrong way when you could go the right way and be there an hour. Well, let's say somebody said, I'm headed to Raleigh, but they want to jump on 85 South. No, no, you need to go north or you're not going to get there. Get what I'm saying? If I could take the time to say, don't waste an hour driving the wrong way, there's people that's lives and their eternity is going the wrong way, yet we won't tap them on the shoulder and say, this is the way you need to go. 
I care more about your travel to a city than I do about your eternity. The visual I like to give a lot when I talk altar appeals, take a beach, we're at the ocean, miles and miles of sand to my left and to my right, far as I can see. You pick up one kernel of sand, that's the lifespan you have here on earth. Wow. Picture it with me. Let's throw throw that down. Look at the ocean. Miles and miles of water. Deep as it goes. Pick up one drop of water. That's your lifespan. Eternity is forever and ever and ever. This is a blink of an eye here. I care about your eternity. My passion is to say, I don't want you to go somewhere you shouldn't go. So follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. I'm, I want to go that way. So God has given us all a heart. That's what I'm praying for, that a heart to change and say, it's not just about the Boga Four no more. Yeah, me and my wife and my kids, we got it together. It ain't about y'all. No, no. God is saying, I need a heart to reach with great expectation. Because other people could be going the wrong way. And we're not talking Charlotte, and we're not talking about Raleigh. Think about it. All we have to do is really talk about it. Women, if you find a really good sale on a purse, don't you want to tell somebody, girl, I got this purse over at such and such. It was on sale. It started off at $95, but then it had 30% off. On top of that, I got a coupon. Go to retail me not. You can mark the me down again. And you're going on and on about it because it was good to you. Come on, fellas. You ever been somewhere and they had the best wings in town? Oh, them ribs are good. And then you're sitting at the lunch table or something, and your boy is like, hey, man, I'm trying to take the wife out later on. Any, any ideas? Oh, man, let me tell you. This spot right here got the best wings ever. We tell people what we want to tell people. We tell what, what's important to us. We tell what we like, what we enjoy. Why would I have the king of kings inside of me and not share it? I'm going to keep this to myself, but it'll change your life. I see you down and depressed and doing things wrong, but I'm going to just keep the secret to the answer to what you need. That would be wrong with me. Contagious. Contagious. So I just talked about what keeps us from being contagious. Here's the second point. Why should we be contagious? What's the purpose? Why does it even matter? I can get deep behind it, but let me just say this. Because he said so. <laughs> yeah, my mom's over here. I hate it when she said that. She didn't say it often because she would sometimes give you an answer. But when she said, I said, just because I said so, I guess that's all you need to say then. I guess... If mom or dad said, because I said so, that was the answer. But generally, they would tell me why. Well, but but here, so my point for this is because the word says so. Why should I be contagious? Because the Bible says so. See, I'm a Christian, and I believe everything that's in the Bible. Not a part of it, not just the New Testament, not just the, I believe all of it. And the scripture says in Matthew 28, I'm going to start at verse 19 and 20, you know, the Great Commission. I think it starts at 16, but I'm going to start at 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
And surely I will be with you always to the very end of age. To start back up on the verse 19, there's four words that really stand up, stood out. It says, go and make disciples. Go. Go. It kind of sounds like reach. It kind of sounds like you can't stay still. It kind of sounds like you have to do something. Another verse, Mark, Mark 16, verse 15. It says, and he told them, he is Jesus, this is him speaking, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Let me pause. This is not preaching behind a pulpit or a stage and having a podium. I like to ask people, what does a Christian look like to you? Like, when I go to Walmart, do I need a Bible under my, under my shoulder? Is that what a Christian, is it because I, wear, I have a cross on my neck? Is it someone without any tattoos? What, what defines a Christian? Is it someone with long dress and show no skin? What is a Christian? And let me be honest, as, as, as I grew older, I, I remember saying when I was a kid, and again, my parents, we were raised in church, so I felt like every day we were there. All nine days of the week. Like it was, <laughs> whew. And I can joke about it now because I thank God so much for them. Oh, my goodness. When I was there, yeah, Monday was intercessory prayer. Tuesday was Bible study. Wednesday was just because I said go to church. <laughs> Thursday was a prayer meeting. Friday was let's get ready for Sunday. Saturday was choir rehearsal and clean up the church. And then we're in church on Sunday. Oh, yeah. And they weren't one-hour services. No, they wasn't. Oh, some of y'all went to the same church. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we were there. But I stand before you now thanking God for every single day I was there. I'm telling you. Because I can joke about it now, but it changed my life. The Bible says, I think it's uh, is it Proverbs 22, 7. Train up a child on where they go. Because when they're older, they will not depart. They train me and my siblings, up in the things of God. Yes, we made mistakes. Yes, we stumbled. Yes, we made it straight away, but we knew where we were supposed to be. Some of us say, well, I'm not taking my kids to church. Well, I'm telling you now, there's a disservice to your kids. I'm sorry. Because I believe the eternity is real. I believe there's a heaven and a hell. There's a heaven again and a hell to shun. I believe everything the Bible says. So, if the Bible says train them up, and when they're older they won't depart, I believe it. God, I'm so grateful to my parents. The man you see today is because of them. Yes, because of Jesus. Yes, because of Christ. But they were obedient. And now, I'm who I am. Watch this. And now my kids my son and daughter right now, right now, are in the youth area teaching a word. Amen. Nervous and all that, but they prepared a sermon. Ten-minute message they're sharing in front of their class. I don't say that to brag. I say that to say, look what my parents did. Look what I did. Look what God is doing. Somebody needs to hear that because it's not about you. See, I'm reaching with great expectation. I'm trying to be contagious to my family first into the world. What are you doing with your life? 
Is it about your four no more? Is it just about you and your circle? Or do you recognize that people's lives and their eternities are depending on what's being said? So again, answer the question, why should we be contagious? Because the word said so. What you look like doesn't matter. If you're nervous and you're kind of like, I'm, I'm not an extrovert, I'm very quiet. God, I'm not charismatic, I can't do the things other people do. God knew you before you were born. He knew everything about you and he made you in his perfect image. And he said, I know that that's your ten- temperament. I know that this is how you are, yet I still want you to reach who they won't reach. You still have a purpose with exactly how you are, who you are, and the way he created you. Again, it's not, it doesn't matter what you look like, but it does matter who you look like. What you say. See, if I, I remember growing up and people would say, boy, you look just like your mama. You look just like your daddy. Your brothers, y'all look like triplets. I didn't see any of it, but whatever. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I look like my parents, and nobody can deny that. Do you look like your daddy? Do you look like your heavenly father? Do you look like who you should be representing? That's good. It's tight, but it's right, y'all. I think I got a little time for this one. Think about it. I heard somebody say, um, I would never raise children in this day and time. Like, it's so bad right now. It's just so horrible. And, I, you know, when I was growing up, it wasn't. And I, and I get it because it is tough. I heard somebody else say, man, what if the church wasn't here? Like, the world is pretty bad. What if the church didn't exist? Like, you snap your fingers and every church on the planet disappeared. Wow. How bad would this, this world really be? Now, let's flip it. What if we all who were Christians truly lived like Christians, truly reached with great expectations and began to impact our world just, I can't save the whole world, but I can, I can affect my area, my group of people. Because I like to hear it this way, you know, strong families, because I pour into my family, build strong communities. Strong communities build strong cities, states, and nations. And it trickles out. But it starts at home. It starts with your commitment to make it contagious. The second point was, why should we be contagious? Let's go with the third one. How do we become contagious? Here's the first way. It's four points with this. Number one, you must be infected. I can't catch the coronavirus from if you don't have it. You can't spread what you don't have. Do you have something that I need? Whew. We're all carriers. Is what you're carrying 
worth catching. The first thing you have to do is be infected. Infected by Jesus Christ. Here's the truth for me. I believe a genuine, heartfelt, heartfelt, authentic Christian is contagious. Like, think about it. Like, I never asked to be up here. I just lived my life. I never asked to preach when I was at my dad's church and we was, I'm just a servant. Lord, however you see, I'm here. Now, if you walk out your life, people will see something in you and maybe put you places, open doors for you to do certain things. Authentic, genuine Christians can become contagious. Be you, (laughs) boo-boo. Just do what you do, but stay on fire for God. Don't compromise. You will reach people again. I'll never reach. I'll reach people pastor will never reach. There are so many things that in your world, God is calling you to impact. Become contagious. How do you do it? Spend time with him. Read his word. I remember saying, like, gosh, when I first got saved, I was like, he'll never speak to me. I hear these people, these holy testimonies. God don't talk to me. He said, open your Bible. The scripture is what he's, he's speaking to you through that. This is God's word. So I started opening it. And again, I'm being vulnerable. I'm being open. I didn't always understand it. But I kept digging in. Let me just read a verse a day. Let me read a chapter. Let me read another passage. Let me stay on this same passage for a week straight. And I started getting hungry for what the word was saying. And I think God honored that. I think he said, I see your heart, so I'll keep feeding you. And he did that. God wants some of us as Christians to not just be inoculated. I I think about it. See, when we first got the flu, a lot of people get the flu virus. I mean, the flu vaccine every year. Do you know they're actually putting the flu part of it inside of you? So that you have antibodies that fights when the major flu comes. Same thing with the coronavirus. I mean, same thing. They're putting things in you to help prevent the big thing. Some of us as Christians, dare I say, have enough Jesus in them. Don't get mad at me. To come to church on Sundays. They're not really infected, though. I can play church. I've learned the church jargon. I know how to act. I know how to say, ooh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I can do the shout. I can walk this thing out. I can even serve as an usher. Please sit down this way. Come join me. But to actually be infected? No. God said, change that tonight. He's challenging us to change it. Here's the second point. Stay surrounded by the right people. Surrounded. If you've been around me longer than five minutes, you've heard me say this before. You are who you hang around. Show me your three closest people. Your three closest friends, I'll show you where you'll be five years from now. <laughs> I'm talking about bank account. I'm talking about how they treat their spouse. I'm talking about the way they live. Show me your three closest friends. Who are you hanging with? Who are your people? I dare you to step up. 
Let's say you have friend, five close friends. If you see these two as the most uh, prosperous or doing things close to the, closer in line to what you want to do, start drawing closer to those two. Be intentional. Build relationships that's going to help you grow in the right way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good behavior. Contagious. Proverbs 22, verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Hang around angry people, you're going to be angry. You ever see mad people leave a church and they leave and start a mad church? <laughs> then they have little mad members driving their little mad cars, acting mad everywhere they go. What you forget is you take you with you everywhere you go. If you don't change, if you don't grow, if you don't do anything different, you're just taking you where you go. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Don't get mad at me at this part. For the companion of fools, I didn't call you one, the Bible did. The companion of fools suffers harm. You want to be wise today or you want to be a fool? Who you with? Who you hanging with? What's your circle? Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron. You know that one. So one person sharpens another. Reiterating, we're all carriers of something. Is what you're carrying worth catching? Number three, I'm about to take it home. Number three says resist isolation and be willing to infect others. You can't say I'm an introvert. I'm going to be by myself. I don't want to do this. I'm quiet. I'm by myself. To be contagious, you got to get involved. You got to plug in. You got to be around people. More is caught than taught. I think about my kids all the time. I can say do this. I can say do this, but they're watching me. Pastor says all the time, we live in a glass house. That means somebody's always eating from my tree. They're watching to see how we respond in the good times and the bad times. Is what they preach and teach and live. I mean, now that I'm facing something, here's my health in, in, a, in a bind. What, what are you going to do? Now that you lost a loved one, how are you going to respond? Now that you lost your job or don't have the money, how are you going to act now? People watching. Here's the fourth one. Be willing to tell your story. To be contagious, you got to talk about it. I truly believe I have something to say. Because people are listening. Do you have something to tell them? Well, here's my story in a nutshell. I had a dad. At the young age of a teenager, was diagnosed with cancer. Life about to be gone. They gave him three days to live. He won't be here. Somebody said, I know somebody that can heal you. I can skip on ahead. He meets my mom. They tell him even later, too much chemotherapy and radiation. You can never bear children. Four children later. I'm not even supposed to be here. Think about what I'm saying. The God I serve is great. The God I serve is awesome. 
I don't, may not know more scriptures than you know. A lot of times I feel unequipped, but I do have a story to tell. Who wants to listen? If there's somebody who can just hear my story, maybe I can't quote everything in the Bible, but I can say, hey, I can just tell you what happened to me. That's why I'm contagious. Are you able to tell your story? Can you do what God's asking of you? So here's what I really want you to walk away with today. Just know that you're a carrier. We're all carrying something. Is what you're carrying worth catching? Oh, yeah, that pause is on purpose. Think about it. Here's how we become contagious. Number one, by becoming infected. Jesus wants to infiltrate your entire body. Become infected. Number two, surround yourself with the right people. Other contagious people. Hang with them. You are who you hang around. Number three, resist isolation and be willing to touch others. I can't be contagious but sit in isolation. I got to spread. Number four, be willing to tell your story. But I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to start. I don't really know what that looks like. Get in this word. Start praying. Simply ask God, what do I do? Where do I start? I promise he'll tell you. Get connected to a Bible-believing church. Hey, I know a good one. Because you're here. But here's the point. Get connected. We were never created to do life alone. So get plugged in draw close so that we can all figure this thing out together. I'm going to wrap this up real simply. As you stay in your seat, I'm going to ask that everyone close their eyes, bow their heads. No one's looking around the building except security to make sure your stuff is not getting stolen. But if you're listening under the sound of my voice and you want to become more contagious, while nobody's looking, slip your hands up in there. And just say, I want to be more contagious. Just slip your hand up real, real fast. Okay, yep. Put those hands down. Now look up at me, everybody. Just repeat this simple prayer after me. We're all going to say it together, whether you raise your hand or not. Say, Lord, help me to be more contagious. Full of you, not myself. God, I trust you. I believe you. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for equipping me to be in all you called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good all the time and all the time. But what an honor it was this year. I pray that something ministered to you tonight. 
And again, I know we're different people from all walks of life, all ages and stages, but the word is true, regardless who you are. Follow the word. Get plugged in. Draw closer and become all God's called you to be. Amen.